is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Sam Fetzinger. Sam and her husband Rob recently wrote a book called Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. So what a great, great blessing to have you. So a special welcome to you today, Sam. Thank you so much. I remember reading this article from the Washington Post. Give a little bit of background of your experience of faith and family can you speak of, and specifically the Washington Post article, just told your kind of journey of faith of generous, open to life, a large family, even just buying your first house and some of the, how do you buy a, a house on, according to the Washington Post article it talked about, it was a one-income household, $50,000 until age 40. And talk, talk about a little bit of your journey with how to do things financially with a large family. Yeah, so actually our kids, at the cover of the book, says advice from a debt-free family of 16 is the top of our book. Well, the kids yeah. are like, Mom, we only have 14 kids. And I said, they added Dad and I to make it look more. <laughs> so we That's actually <laughs> only have 14 children, and actually I gave birth to 12, and we adopted number 13. We had him wow. since he was 12 weeks old. We got mm-hmm. him, and we adopted him when he was almost five. And mm-hmm. number 14, we call him lucky number 14. We've had him since he was born, and we are hoping to adopt him. But right now, we are in the procedure. He's four and a half. So we're in the procedure yes. of getting custody of him. But that's something everyone can pray about. So as yes. a family of a growing family, in the early days, since my husband and I got engaged, he knew I wanted a large family, and we knew that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So yes. we started off, I, I kind of tease and tell people every couple should start off poor because I feel like <laughs> it really lays the groundwork for sacrificing, depending on God, depending on each other, instead of starting off with a lot of money and then slowly watching it dwindle away as you buy a house, need a new car, fix the dishwasher, have a baby, have hospital bills, have doctor visits. So it's better to start off with nothing and learn how to live that way, and then it makes the rest of your life easier. And as you said, my husband at age 40 was only making $50,000 a year, so when he did get a better job, we actually owned a Christian bookstore for 10 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we had just had our seventh child, and Amazon came about 21 years ago, right. and our mm-hmm. our little bookstore was losing money because people were ordering books delivered to their house for nice, inexpensive prices, some of which mm-hmm. were what we were paying at wholesale. So we decided to close our business. We had just bought a foreclosure. Our smaller house was getting a little tight. 
And so we moved, and my husband started a better job making more money, getting things like insurance and sick leave, things that people who own their own business realize it's not easy to find good, inexpensive insurance. So he got this better job and, and slowly started making more, and he's a software tester, nothing fancy. Everyone thinks he's a doctor or a lawyer because we can have all these kids. But he just went up the ladder and within that company you can take different level tests and things to get more and more certified to do more and more things. And Mm -hmm. what we ended up doing as he was making more money, we just kept living simply as if we had in the when we had the bookstore. So It wasn't like, oh, great, you make all this money. Let's go out and buy more things or do more traveling or get fancy cars. We just kept living simply, and my husband started putting that money away to pay off the house. And so he paid off the house 12 years ago. And then once we paid off the house, all that extra money, he started putting it away in a retirement fund. And so he, we just have lived a balanced simple life, but doing fun things and going on vacations and doing date nights and things, not being Scrooges with our money, but Mm -hmm. the other blessing of making more is now that we are older and our youngest is going to turn five, now we can actually help more, and that's one of the biggest blessings Mm -hmm. of this book is trying to tell people that, yes, it's, it's nice to be able to enjoy your money while you can or you're only young one, so you can't take it with you. But now, because of my husband's wonderful gift of saving and, and watching our money, that we can help out other people. So we can tithe much more. And we can. We were always the benefactors of people at our church who would put envelopes of money in the back of church with my name on it. Right, <laughs> or, right. Or tape of $400 Home Depot gift card on our front door, which wow. happened when we bought this foreclosed house. Later, we mm-hmm. found out. We didn't know exactly who what it was, but we knew that one of the women at our parish had called a bunch of families because our house was in such disarray. As our pastor at the time said, when he came over to bless our house, he said, mm-hmm. Am I supposed to bless this house or am I supposed to exercise it? <laughs> because it, has, <laughs> it was a very sad situation and it needed lots of help and we were so blessed with friends. So now my husband and I, even though we still have lots of children and lots of bills, but we can, you know, stop off and pick up something for a young family or we can tithe and we also have a adopted child through one of those wonderful programs through our church where you can help out another child. So we've been doing that for many years, and that's a blessing of being able to watch your money is that you can help others. Right. It's almost like generosity breeds generosity. I remember the Washington Post article talked about how, you know, when you got the house, it's like, yeah, the youth group helped out with different things, and there is the gift of our Catholic faith, our Catholic family, coming together and supporting one another and that is such a, a beautiful witness that you have. What was the inspiration? What led you to write this book with your husband? So, again, with our youngest being older and not 
my time, you know, again, being pregnant and nursing, I spent so many years just being a stay-at-home mom and not being able to, you know, run out and do things and have a lot of extra time in my life because I was so busy taking care of babies. So as he got older and less demanding of my time, I was praying because I'm very apostolic. I love, I'm a very, I love my church and I love running activities and I actually work for my parish now, you know, like eight hours a week just helping run programs for our church, for homeschool families or for the families in our parish. I love doing stuff like that. I love running retreats. I love running Mm -hmm. father-daughter dances and mother-son bingo night. I love doing that. But it was very hard for me to do that when I had lots of little babies. So I always say, you know, thy will be done and, and whatever you want, Lord, I want to do your will. What is it you have for me? So I was a little restless over a little bit over a year ago, and I was asking the Lord to direct me because he's always done that. He, You know, when I, when I thought I was done having babies, someone called and asked us to help another baby. And then when I thought I was done having that baby, I opened an email and found out another baby needed help. So Lord has always been so good to me directing me. So I prayed and I asked him to let me know, what is it that you want me to do? And I went on Facebook to look for something on my Messenger app, and I was trying to find a message for some reason. I don't even remember what it was. And just then, you know, a day later after I begged God for a sign, I found a message that I had received that I didn't know. So when you have a Messenger app, if you're not friends with somebody, you don't get the messages right away. They don't come right to your phone. They go to a special spot, like pending type of thing. So I pushed this button, and I found a bunch of messages that people had sent me who weren't friends with me, and one of them was from a publisher at Ave Maria Press saying, I read the Catholic, I read the article in the Washington Post about your family. Would you want to write a book for Ave Maria Press? Now, she had sent the message over a year earlier, and I never saw it. So I I look at my husband, and I said, hey, what do you think? He's like, you can do it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Go right ahead. So I immediately (laughs) called her and said, hi, this is Sam Faxinger. You sent me a message over a year ago. I just saw it. Are you still interested in publishing a book with us? And she's like, yeah. So she sent me all the information. It was very overwhelming. And my husband is all the brains in this whole production. And he knows all the numbers. He knows all the finances. He does all of that. So I told him, I really, really need your help. I I don't know the answers to a lot of these questions that people are going to want to know. I don't understand what a loss fund is or what anything, what this account is or what that. So he haphazardly said, okay, I'll help you. And because... I am not a very good writer. I would write and write and write. I'd spend about an hour writing, and then I would show him what I wrote, and he would spend about three hours fixing what I wrote. And so even though it sounds like I wrote most of this book, he really wrote most of it, and it was a re- we made a really good team. And I just got a copy of the book 
a couple weeks ago, and I actually just read the whole thing, and I was really excited about how it turned out. We are blessed to have Sam Fetzinger. Sam and her husband, Rob, recently wrote a book called Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More. We're going to take a break on this segment. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. We'll be right back. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with a Catholic Review. The creation of a new Master's of Fine Arts degree program in creative writing at the University of St. Thomas in Houston marks a breakthrough in a resurgence of Catholic literary arts, said its founders. The entirely online, two-year, 30-credit program is being described as a significant step for the Catholic Church in North America. Our aim is to serve and inspire the ongoing revival of Catholic letters in our time, said co-founder James Matthew Wilson, outgoing professor of humanities at Villanova University near Philadelphia. Wilson will serve as head of the poetry section of the new program, while Joshua Wren, a writer and publisher of Wise Blood Books, takes on the creative writing side. Wilson, a longtime poet with four published collections to his credit, said the quality and quantity of Catholic literary output has been meager over the past several decades, but that a revival could be in the making. The University of St. Thomas plans to launch a national campaign to promote the program, which is part of the university's aim to renew Catholic higher education and reverse the cultural decline of the country. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. And as a friendly reminder, wear your mask, social distance, and wash your hands often to protect you and those around you. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. Perpetual Adoration is coming to Baltimore for the first time ever. On May 31st, the Basilica of the Assumption, America's first Catholic cathedral, will begin 24-7 Eucharistic adoration if the cathedral can get enough adorers to commit to praying day and night. Will you sign up for one hour and keep watch with the Lord? Will you pray for our country and for our church? To learn more, visit americasfirstcathedral.org slash adoration. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-A-S firstcathedral.org slash adoration. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan, priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Sam Fetzinger here. And Sam and Rob uh, wrote a wonderful book that's going to be coming out next month called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less 
and Livingmore. Advice from a debt-free family of 16. She has uh, 14 children, and they're just a, a great, great witness. So let's talk a little bit about the book. You talk about ways to financial freedom. Tell us more of your secrets. How do you live simple times together? What do, what do you do for simple nights together where you don't have to spend a lot of money? What do you do regarding vacations? Share us the secrets. People want to know. There's a lot of no's and not spoiling our children, but being good stewards with our family and, and limit, limiting our lifestyle. So we're not doing a lot of running around. We're not, we do play some sports, but not overloading it. Of course, you can imagine with 14 children right, having right. to balance, balance that out. So, of course, we don't go to restaurants because it's a lot of money. Now, we do special events like when we go to the beach, we'll go to a pizza place and get like their huge, the biggest, two of their biggest pizzas, and, and that's a fun mm-hmm. thing. We do a lot of cooking at home. We do a lot of, of course, we have like a birthday party or something or a sacrament party very frequently. Before the pandemic, we would have right. a huge, you know, first communion party with 100 people over or a few, huge confirmation <laughs> party or a graduation party. So we love having people over. We love being hospitable and we love having parties. So now when we had the opportunity to do those things and we would go to the beach once a year. And But when you have to understand, when we go to the beach for our vacation, we go to the beach. We don't go to the beach to go out for ice cream. We don't go to the beach to go uh-huh. golfing. We don't go to the movies. We don't go to the water slide. We go to sit on the beach for seven days from morning to night in the sand, enjoying and relaxing. So mm-hmm. I think families have to realize that, you know, not even 50 years ago, parents' vacations weren't going on cruises or going to Disney or, you know, they were getting in the the big station wagon, driving to your relative's house or going camping or going to the beach, but they weren't all these bells and whistles. So I think the part of our book, you know, spending less and living more is live more, don't spend more. Go and enjoy, have walks, go hiking, spend time with your family, play in the water, build sandcastles. You know, that's living more, not spending more. Don't go out to fancy restaurants. I mean, even one time my mother-in-law thought she'd be really nice. And I think we had 10 kids at the time when we were at the beach. She took us to McDonald's and she spent almost $80. And I said, that's a lot of money, but you have to realize that that's a lot of mouths to fill. And our teenagers eat like adults. So you just have to put it in perspective. And it is nice to be able to, you know, enjoy your money while you can and you know, you can't take it with you and oh God will provide for our future. So we've always had to just live simply and the best thing about that is we raise our children not to expect, you know, hey, can we go get an ice cream cone? Uh no, we can't afford to do that on the boardwalk, but we can go to the grocery store and buy four gallons of ice cream right. <laughs> for under ten dollars and we right. can have you can have as much as you want. The blessing has been that we have raised these children not to have high expectations. We have four of our children are married. We're expecting our eighth grandchild. We are over wow. the moon with the people who our children have married and now that I am about to turn fifty three years old, all my life I always wanted to be a mom, and I always wanted to raise wonderful children, wonderful saints, wonderful Catholics, so that they can grow up to be holy. But what I didn't realize 
that all these times I was saying no, 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 no to this activity, no to this toy, no to this ice cream cone, whatever it was. I was raising some amazing adults who make fantastic spouses. It's a mm-hmm. gift that I didn't realize was I was going to have. I think I want to be the patron saint of spouses because my <laughs> children, my two, my two sons will never say to their wife, oh, you don't keep a tidy, clean house like my mom because I'm not a very good housekeeper. <laughs> They'll never say, oh, right. you don't. You don't cook dinner as good as my mom because I was never a very good cook. I could feed 50 people with what's in my refrigerator and freezer and on my pantry. I can whip up anything to feed a crowd, but I'm not going to be able to give you some fancy meal that's going to make your mouth water. I will let you, you will never leave my house hungry. But I have raised these two sons who adore their wives, who don't have all these expectations and who don't expect them to be, you know, let's do all these expensive things. And then on the better, even on the better side, I have raised these two daughters who didn't expect their husbands to give them big fancy diamond rings and go on fancy honeymoons and have a fancy home and buy fancy cars and all these wonderful things that are great if you have the money for them. But we have raised children who work hard from when they're old enough to get a job, the 12-year-olds are dog walking or house, you know, watering plants or shoveling snow or raking leaves or being mommy helpers. Then when they're 13, they're babysitting. When they're 14 or 15, they're getting jobs that, that they either at camps helping with kids or a lot of my kids work at concession stands, and they make all this money. We make our kids pay for their own phone their own car, their own gas, their own college. (laughs) Aren't we horrible? We're so mean. But what we've done is those kids who pay for their own books and their own college, I can tell you this, they hardly ever miss a class because they paid for that class and they do not want to pay for it again if they they don't pass. They never (laughs) miss an opportunity, never miss an opportunity to do extra credit or to go to study halls or to meet with the T.A., the teacher's assistant, because they paid for that class and they have got to get a good grade on it so that they can get financial aid or they can get scholarships because they have high marks. All my eight, let's see, number nines in college now, all nine of my kids have made dean's lists, not because they're really, really smart, but because they're very wise. They're wise (laughs) because they always ask the teacher questions. And I can tell you three or four different times that my kids have gotten a higher grade than the number on their final. So let's say they have an 87 or a 79 or 89 or something. They have always gotten the higher grade. Why? Because the teacher says, hey, that's that kid who asked to do extra credit. Or that's the kid who came to the extra study hall I was having. Or that's the kid who always asked questions or sat up front or whatever because they were paying for that class and they did not want to have to take it again. So I always teach my kids there's a difference between being smart and being wise. And I am very blessed to have very smart and wise children, but they, you know, people think we're horrible because we don't pay for their books and we don't pay for their school. They go to community college and then they for, for two years, and then they roll right into a state school. Some of them, they work full or 
part-time. I think my two youngest are the only ones right now in the pandemic. I mean, when I say two youngest, my number eight and number nine child who are in college. My kids who are in college right now because of the pandemic, they haven't been able to work as much as they ever did. And so I'm afraid for them because a lot of my other children graduated debt-free, didn't have to get loans. Mm -hmm. I am so proud of my kids. Two things I wanted to share with you. One of the great gifts of your book is, I mean, you talk about how how to get debt-free, how, how to do budgets, how to raise independent children, like those examples. Like this is a, a great book for others to realize and to realize that you just you mentioned uh, part of the interview. Uh, your husband's looking to retire shortly, retired yeah. at a relatively young age. What a great gift and a witness. So people should buy your book. It's called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. So, Sam, what a blessing. What a blessing for you to come yes, uh, and to join us today. And it comes out, when does it come out again? It comes out April 23rd. But right now, if your listeners either have an account with Ave Maria Press or they can open an account for free, there are three downloads on Ave Maria Press that are really amazing. They were supposed to be in the book, but the book was too long. So there's one on how the fat singers do weddings, how the fat singers do college, and how the fat singers do food. And they're really full of tons of information, and they're free. You can download them. You just have to open an account with Ave Maria Press. And then our book you can get from Ave Maria Press or from Amazon. You can pre-order now, and they'll send it to you as soon as it comes out. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for joining us, Sam Fatzinger. I'm Father Brian Nolan from Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.